If you guys didn't know, if this is your first time here, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here, and, and it's good to have you. We are in the second week of our three-week series looking at fresh starts, right? Somebody say fresh start. fresh start. Come on, come on. Now, who did we talk about last week? Anybody know? Anybody know? Oh, oh come on. Saul, who turned into? Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Next time. But so so this week we're going to look kind of at a similar story, but it's actually in the in the Old Testament. Um, and so I think it's just really awesome uh, that you have such similar patterns in, in the lives of so many people in the Old and the New Testament, because you guys know God speaks in the Old and the New Testament, right? Just because Jesus is only in the New Testament doesn't mean that God wasn't moving around in, in the Old Testament, right? Cool? A lot of people, they don't like preaching out of the Old Testament because it's hard because you have to transfer a lot of information to try to get to Jesus. And, but Old Testament is important. Cool? Awesome. Well, if you guys want to throw that, that picture up, anybody know what this is? Come on, come on, come on. This is... Somebody's like wrestling. No, no. It's boxing. Yes, but do you know who that is? Come on. Rocky Balboa. Does anybody know? Yes, it is Sylvester Stallone. Anybody know what, which, which Rocky this is? <laughs> I don't know who it is, but I don't know what it is. No, it's not the last one. Boom. Four. Yes, come on now. This is... This is my, one of my favorite Rockies. I grew up thinking I was Rocky as a kid. Like, they would get me boxing gloves as a little kid. I have home videos. I will not share them with you. They are extremely embarrassing. Macy said she will come find her. Um, please don't. Please don't. Um, but, but, no, Rocky is my, my favorite, like, movie series as a kid. And Rocky Four is actually one of my favorites because you guys know the Cold War between the Russians and, and, and the Americans in the 80s, right? Yeah, well, in this movie, Rocky ends the Cold War through a boxing match. It's epic. It's so cool. And, and, and I just love it so much. But if you haven't seen the movie, who has seen Rocky Four? You have seen Rocky Four. It's great. Soundtrack's amazing. It's the most 80s you can get. It's amazing. I love it. But if you, if, if you don't know the plot of this, so, so there's this guy who's, who's this Russian boxer. He's massive. He's huge. His name is Ivan Drago. And he actually gets in a fight with Rocky's best friend and kills him in the ring. Everybody say, oh, oh, it's crazy, right? So he kills him in the ring. And so Rocky obviously has no other choice than to fight the dude, right? So he fights him in Russia on Christmas Eve. Come on, the most American thing you can do is fight a Russian in the 80s on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Come on now. That's, that's, that'll, that'll preach. We're done. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, but if, if, you, if you just watch that fight, if you just watch that fight and you watch all the other Rockies, this guy hurts Rocky the worst because he, 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 his power, he, he, I think he's on steroids. I think that's what they do. They, they inject him with all this stuff. And, and so his power is like three or four times the, the power of a normal fighter. And so Rocky comes out of this fight with extreme brain damage. If you watch the fifth one, the first scene of the fifth one is Rocky shaking. And he actually calls his wife his trainer's name. And it's, like there's, it's actually really sad. And you see it throughout the next movie and the rest of the movies, really, he's dealing with all this brain damage. 
boxers deal with that all the time, but, but Rocky in this story, he, he deals with, with this brain damage. But in the midst of the fight, he continues to go after him. He continues to go after him. He gets rocked. He gets knocked down time after time, and he keeps coming back, and he actually knocks out Drago in the last round. Come on now. That's good. Rocky wins. Booyah. Yeah? And so he was not going to give up for anything. And guess what? He saw his victory at the very last round. It was pretty cool, right? I say all this to say what? Like, where does this, where are you taking this? If you guys have your Bible, if you guys have your Bibles, please uh, turn to Genesis or or, or uh, go to, to Genesis on your phones. I know uh, that's something that people do. I do that too. Uh, it's pretty cool. Genesis, if you don't know where the book of Genesis is, if you look at the table of contents and flip over, that's Genesis. So, so uh, but actually we're not in like the creation part of Genesis. We're actually in the thick of, of Genesis. We're actually in chapter 32. So uh, it's up on the screen. If you're there, say there. If you're not there, say not there. Like if you're looking to, to grab it. Cool. Well, if you're not there, we, uh, if you're not there, we're going to go ahead and just read. Uh, it's up here for you guys to see. Uh, this is the story of a guy named Jacob. And just to give you a little bit of background, a little bit of background. Genesis, a lot of times we think of Genesis and we think what? Creation. Well, Genesis actually is only creation for the first, like, 11 chapters, and then the rest of it, there's 50 chapters in Genesis. Uh, the rest of it is covering this family, this, these, these grandparents, these great-grandparents, these great-great-grandparents, and how God kind of works through them, right? And it's really cool. So you guys know the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Steals his birthright, steals his brother's birthright. He, his brother flips out on him. He's like, I'm going to kill you, so he leaves. You guys know Jacob? You guys know Joseph? The story of Joseph, this is, this is Joseph's dad, all right? It's the same dude. Uh, I know when I was growing up, I used to think, like, man, there's a lot of Jacobs in the Bible, or there's a lot of, you know, whatever. So don't be confused. Uh, so, so Esau had been furious with Jacob because he stole his birthright. He stole what was his. Esau was going to be the oldest, it was the oldest, and he was going to get this birthright, and he was ready for it. And Jacob uh, went through and acted and posed as his brother, stole the blessing after tricking him, giving him uh, tri- allowing him to trade it for, for soup. And so he runs away. And Jacob at where we're at in this story of verse, uh, chapter 32, Jacob has been su- surviving on his own without God. He's been kind of running away from his brother, but also kind of trying to slip away from God. But he always kind of has these interactions with him. And this is one of the coolest interactions I think Jacob has. It's one of the coolest interactions in the Old Testament. So let's go ahead and, and start reading. It says, Jacob, uh, whoa, 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 hold on. I was reading verse 1. Hold on. All right, here we go. Verse uh, 22, it says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives and two female servants and his 11 sons, say that's a lot of kids, there's a lot of kids, and crossed to the ford of Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. In 25, this is what it says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. That hurts. You guys ever, like, hurt your hip? Ooh, it's not fun. It's not fun. Then the man, 
Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. So they wrestled all night. And Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then in verse 27, the man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied and said, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called that place Penel, saying it is, uh, saying it is because I saw the face of God, and yet my life was spared. You see, in that time, if anybody had any interaction with God on any level, like you were dead, like straight up. Like if you were even in the presence of God, you're just gone, right? And so he wrestled with him, and, 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 and the sun rose above him as he passed, and he was limping because of his hip. And therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because that's the socket of, the, of Jacob's hip when he was touched near the tendon. If you guys could, if you guys could just take some time and pray with me, uh, bow your heads and close your eyes before we get into this. Lord, I pray that you would just have your way tonight, that you would speak through me. Lord, that you would uh, open my mouth when you want it to, to be open and you would close it when I'm done. Lord, that I wouldn't try to add anything. Uh, Lord, I believe that you have given me a word for, for these students, and I pray that they would receive it and that it would just uh, be able to, to stir their hearts to closer relationship with you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. So that's a pretty crazy story, isn't it? How many people knew that story before? Yeah? Yeah, it's kind of a Sunday school story, but, but I think that it's really interesting because as we were talking about Paul and, and his interactions with uh, the circumstances around him, he literally met God, he met Jesus in a vision, and, and, and it completely changed his life. This encounter with Jesus completely changed his life. And what I think is really interesting about this is anybody could, at that time, could, could pray, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit had already happened. So we were filled with, people, Christians were filled with the Holy Spirit by the time Paul goes around and is persecuting Christians like we talked about last week. So we had the clear connection with, with Jesus through his sacrifice and, and his death on the cross, right? Making sense? Well, in the Old Testament, you couldn't do that. You had to have sacrifices to, to be able to do that. And then even that, even then, they had to send a priest up, right? So that'd be like you guys sending me up to go talk to God, and it was one time a year. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that insane? And so this story is is. I think just incredible because you have Jacob literally wrestling with an angel of the Lord. And a lot, of, a lot of times when they refer to the angel of the Lord, a lot of people think that that is Jesus himself in the Old Testament kind of operating and working. I think that that's pretty cool, don't you? That Jesus was even there through that. But there's three things that I want you guys to, to really grab onto uh, from this story. And I, I believe that it, it matches up with Paul as well. You can apply it there as well, but it's really applicable here. And so this is the first point that I want you guys to understand. Write it down if you're taking notes. Remember, we have trivia next week. Yeah, everybody's like, oh. <clears throat> All right, so check this. Desperation brings upon blessing. Desperation brings blessing. You see, Jacob, at this point of the story, like I said, he had stolen his birthright from his brother. He had fleed the area. He was not coming back. They actually were like, hey, wait until your brother calms down. And the fact that he was gone for as long as he did means his brother was pretty mad, right? Pretty mad, huh? You guys ever been really mad at somebody? Yeah? 
Come on. And, and, and so Jacob was at his wit's end, and he was fearful for, for the situation that, we're gonna, uh, that was going to finally catch up with him. He'd been running for so long, and now it's time to actually come and face the, the problem that he had run away from for so long, and, and he was scared. He had run long enough. He had avoided the situation with his brother for a long time, and he had nothing else to do but seek God and, and seek his favor and that's why he is so adamant about give me my blessing. You see, he was desperate. When Jacob says, I will not let you go, as we were reading, it shows that he's desperate for his blessing. Have you guys ever been desperate for anything in your life? You ever been desperate? Yeah? He is desperate for his blessing because there's nothing else. He actually, earlier, he actually was about to send uh, gifts to his brother because he was like, if I don't give him gifts, he's going to kill me, so maybe I can give him gifts, and, and he'll forgive me, and, you know, take me in, and all this kind of stuff, and, and so he's really worried, and I don't know if, if you caught on to his hip being dislocated, being popped out of its socket, that's disgusting, it's gross, it's, exactly, that's gross, but guess what, he doesn't miss a beat, he doesn't miss a beat, through that fight, through that wrestling match, there's nothing that's going to stop him. Not even a dislocated joint out of, out of the socket, man, is not even going to deter him from receiving his blessing and stopping the struggle that he was going through. And I think it's also really cool because this really does set up Jacob for the rest of his life because now he has this physical ailment and he has to trust God as he's limping. And I think there's a parallel here, too, as we talked about Paul last week. Paul had this, this thorn in his side, as he described, and I don't know what that was. Maybe it was an actual thorn. But he described it as, as this just pain, and what does God say? I'm not going to take it from you. I want you to work through it so that you can show my glory, and I will bless you through it. I'm not going to take it away. And that's kind of what happens here. He detaches the hip, and he probably could have healed him after the wrestling match and after he got his blessing. But he wants Jacob to follow after him and to trust in him and to be reminded of why he should trust in him. And, and, and so the thing that I want you to, to grab from, from this is that if you guys want victory and you, got, you guys want blessing to come, from, to come in your life, you have to be just, you have to have a desire to pray. You have to have a desire to be near God and, and to expect his presence, because if you're not, if you're not, you're never going to see God move. I think my, my, my pastor back home in Kentucky, he used to say this all the time. He said, nothing happens until you get desperate for the Lord. Nothing happens. Nothing moves until you get desperate for God. I don't know what it would look like for this group to get as desperate as popping a, a hip out of place and still moving forward. How awesome would that be to have that, that desperation for, for the presence of God? You guys feel like you guys could maybe get a little bit more desperate in your own life? I know for me, I know for me, desperation as a kid was a lot different than what it is now. You know, now it's like, I hope I pay bills on time or remember to. I, I make enough money to pay my bills, but it's just sometimes I don't. You know, I don't trust auto pay anymore. They kind of burned me. I didn't pay bills the first month that I lived here. So, whoops. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, oh, I've got to remember to 
to pay my bills and I've got to, you know, do all this. So that might get a little desperate sometimes. But I remember being a kid, uh, my grandpa, we call him Pop. He's, he's awesome, dude. He's so cool. I love him. He is eight. He just turned 84 uh, on in a couple weeks ago, actually. 84 years old, and he's still kicking and moving and going crazy. It's wild. So he actually, he has his own farm. He, uh, it's nothing with, like, animals or anything, but it's a lot of, like, vegetable planting and, and fruits and all this kind of stuff. And when I was a kid, we used to go out to the farm when I would want something. So, like, you guys ever wanted a toy when you were little? Maybe you still do want toys. I don't know. You, maybe anybody still liked it? Yeah? No. So, so like, if it was a toy or a video game, I would say, hey, Pop, like, I really want this. Can you get it for me? Because my parents won't because whatever reason, you know? And he would go, okay, all right, I'll get it for you. I'm like, oh, I'm in, let's go. And he'd go, let's go to the farm. Oh, man. Well, uh, I don't know if I really want it that bad. But there would be some times wh- where I would, where it would be something that I was waiting on for a long time. I was waiting for it. I, I wanted it so badly that I was like, you know what, I will. I'll work for the two hours or whatever he made me work. Like, it was nothing, you know. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And, 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 and I remember uh, he, him also, he, he used to also hold money back for me. So, like, if I wanted something, he would say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of do a payment plan. I'm going to pay you t- this much, but you can't touch it until you have enough for whatever you want. And I was like, okay. Guess what? I got pretty desperate. There were times that I wanted something of lesser value, and I would just take my money before I actually got the thing that I really wanted. You know, like, I think, I think of that when I think of desperation, and I think, like, what would it look like if we actually wanted to work at the farm for a little bit? Does that make sense? Does that make, does that make, maybe I'm just talking completely crazy, but what would it be, what would it look like if we as a youth group decided to go and do a little farm work? We decided to get a little desperate. We decided to come through and actually express uh, a desire to be with God. That would be awesome. Guys, I promise you, stuff would change. I say it all the time when I do it, uh, worship calls at the end. Like, get into it because that's where blessing comes. That's where your, your, your victory comes. If you're struggling with things, that's, where, that's how it gets unlocked. It's through just a desperation and a wanting God to, to meet us and to be with us. And that actually leads into the second point uh, that we have, and, and, it's, and it's this. It's that close Close encounters with God, they change everything. They change everything. The same way that we saw Paul in, in his vision with seeing Jesus, he literally saw Jesus, right? And, and, and that completely changed the direction of his life. He was literally on his way to Damascus to go kill Christians. And then he goes and he, and like I said last week, he writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He becomes like this great church, early church father, he, 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 he's uh, writing letters to all these churches, encouraging them in the faith. This is the same dude who was killing people, who, who ordered the stoning of Stephen. Like, that's the same dude. And Jacob, his entire life, his entire life, he, he had, he had uh, lied and cheated and, and done all these things and and he meets God in this moment, and it changes everything, and, and, and it starts with his name. It starts with his name. You see, there's also another name uh, even, even outside of Jacob, and that is the, the place where they wrestled. You know, when that, that name, the, uh, the Panel name, 
of the land? Huh? P-E-N-I-E-L. Just so you guys have it. Because it's important. That literally means the face of God. That's what that means. That's what that land was marked as. You guys paying attention? Tracking with me? That's what that land was marked as. It was marked as, man, I saw the face of God. And I was able to come out of the other side. Because like I said, during that time, you couldn't do that. Jacob's name, you guys know what Jacob's name meant? Anybody? No? Anybody know? I'll give you a hint. It starts with a D. I know we just talked about it, but. Uh, try like sneaky, but it starts with a D. Oh, 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 there it is. Deceit. Jacob's name was Deceiver. Come on now. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. I love, I love the name. I love names. Have anybody found their names, like what it means? Ask Macy what hers is. <laughs> no, not right now. Not right. You guys want to know? You guys really want to know? Sea of bitterness. <laughs> and mine is literally the Old Testament name for Jesus, so I'm or God, but Yeshua. It's fine. It's cool. It's cool. I'm just saying that's where we're at in our relationship. You know? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So names meant names meant a lot in that time, right? Names meant a ton in that time. And Jacob's name was literally stamping his character. It was stamping his character. And, and God allowed Jacob to win that blessing. And, and, and it might not have ever come. That blessing might not have ever come. Hey, guys, can you turn that off, please? Thank you. You see, that blessing might have never come had that wrestling match not happened. How he, had he not gotten close with God. You see... When we get close with God, when we start praying more than we've prayed before, when we start worshiping in ways that we haven't before, when we really go after God, he shows up and he meets us and things change. You know, anytime you get close, you can start to listen to God and you can start to hear what he's saying. He can get, he can get your attention for what he's wanting to, to speak into your life or maybe it's to, for you to speak to a friend or to your family, you know, God can grab your ear when you're close and be able to, to speak into it and, and, and to give you vision. How many people still are like, I really don't know what I'm doing with my life yet, and I don't know what I want to do, and hey, I get that. I get that. Megan's like, why the, right here. I get it. Guess what? God can give that purpose and give that vision in those close encounters. The, the vision that Paul has with Jesus, this wrestling match that Jacob has, that Jacob has with, with God. When, have I ever told you about college? Have I ever told you about my, my college experience? Yeah, I did say that. Um, when I first started college, uh, my grades were horrible. You guys want to know how bad? <laughs> Fs, oh gosh. You guys have GPAs, right? Yeah? No, it's not a 0, 0.0. Listen, I ended my first semester of college with a 1.8. <laughs> Woo! Jeremy, Jeremy's like, oh, wait, we hired this? Jeremy's like, oh, no. Oh, no. So check it. So my first semester of college, man, I thought I could do anything. I thought I could do no wrong. I knew what I was doing. Man, I'm ready to go. And so I didn't study for tests because I didn't in high school. 
I didn't read the materials because I didn't in high school. And I, just, I had a 3.8 in, in high school, so obviously it's the same, right? No, no uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, no, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. And, 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 and I don't know if you've ever had bad grades, like, across the board. Like, I've always had one or two. Like, math is horrible. I, I believe it's from Satan. I believe math is from Satan. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But when you have bad grades, when you have bad grades across the board, man, your excitement about school drops. I was so excited to be on my own and to finally do that. But I got put on academic probation literally my first semester. You know, so like it was awful, man. Like that was what my experience was. I had no excitement. I had a ton of stress because now I have these grades that I have to get up. You guys making sense? Like it's awful. But praise God. Here we go. But God, right? You know. So so I started I started really turning turning things around. I started really digging in and I watched as I was able to apply myself, I was able to dig in, man. I was able to, to graduate with a 2.6 GPA. Come on, praise God. Come on now. Give me, give me something. I'm joking. It wasn't that good. I, I graduated, though. You know, I graduated. So, no. <laughs> but, but I was able to excel. I mean, I had a lot of ground to make up, and that's kind of why I had the GPA that I did. But, but, man, man, if I didn't apply myself, if I didn't actually dig in, I would have never been able to experience what what the the victories that would come on the you know the second half of my my college career. Just like like I said, Jacob might have never experienced his blessing. He might have never received it. He might have always been on the run, always fearful had he not had a close encounter with God. Does that make sense? Here's the last point. And, and this is really where I want to drive everything home to and I want you guys to really uh, hone in on this. Struggles, the struggles that we have, how many people have ever felt identified by your struggle? Yeah, you ever been, you ever been addicted to things and that just becomes who you are or maybe you, you feel a certain way, maybe you've been stamped because you, you come from a certain background, you know, maybe, maybe your, your home life wasn't the best, I don't know. Maybe, maybe your entire life has just been built on struggle. I'm here to tell you something, and I want this to, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this, okay? So listen close. That is not your identity. That is not who you're created to be. That is not who you are. That is not how God thinks of you. Jacob's entire life, if you read the the story of Genesis as he was growing up, his entire life was built on struggle. He struggled with his brother. He struggled with his father. He struggled with his father-in-law when he was, he's the guy who worked for seven years for one wife. Remember? You know that story? This is the same guy. He worked for seven years for one wife, and it wasn't the wife that he got. Come on, now we got the organ going. Let's go. (laughs) No, like, he worked his entire life for this wife, and that wasn't the one he wanted. So here he comes with this other one, and he's like, okay, seven more years. It's like, oh, that struggle. You work seven years for somebody who you think you like, and then you get another person, and you're like, and then they go seven more years. Come on, that's struggle. He struggled with God. He, he was running from God throughout this entire time. His entire life was built on struggle. If anybody had their identity rooted in their struggle, it was Jacob. But here is the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. 
the fact that it was by a river is so cool because Jacob was on one side of the bank of that river. And when he crossed and joined with his family, he had a new identity. He wasn't Jacob anymore. He was Israel. He was Israel. He had this new identity, man. He had been stamped by God, and he said, hey, look, you have met God here, and you've lived. Come on now. Listen, a lot of you, like I said, struggle just defines you at your core. You have built your entire life on struggle. But if you accept if you accept God into your life, you allow him to really work. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'll say that I love Jesus and maybe I'll come on Wednesday. Maybe I'll come on Sunday, but I don't really want to do this. That's not real. I'm, I'm just saying that if that's how you feel about this whole Christianity thing, man, you've got to dig into it. Because if you do, if you do, there's no reason and there's no way you can hold on to that struggle anymore. There's no way that you can hold on to that identity of so much junk in your life. You have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to accept Christ and become a new creation. Scripture talks about becoming a new creation. We've been given new names because we've been stamped by God himself. If you guys want to bow your heads and close your eyes, I promise this won't, be, this won't be too terribly long. But I want to just take a few minutes to just kind of be silent for a little bit. Just think, man, what am I struggling with? What is going on? What's defining me? Just think for a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back on the mic here in a minute. Just think for, for just a little bit. head bowed and every eye closed. I, I just have a feeling I was setting this thing up and man, I, I was almost in tears just setting it up but uh, working on it. Man, I feel so strongly that in this group, there are some Jacobs here. And there are some Jacobs here that are sitting here and your, your whole life has just been built on struggle or pain or, or heartache or people are letting you down or, or, or whatever. And I'm here to tell you, God is calling you to a wrestling match. God is calling you to go wrestle with him, to go encounter him closely. And, and I promise if you do, if you do, he wants to just give you a new identity. He's not trying to, he's not trying to take your, your, your hip socket out. I promise he's not. He's not trying to, to teach you a lesson or to tell you how wrong you've been or how bad you've been. Listen, he just wants to give you a new identity. He wants to give you your blessing. But, but we have to do our part. He's going to chase after us. He's going to meet us, but we have to actually want to encounter him. And so if you're here and you've never had an experience with God, you've never had a, 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 any sort of encounter with him, and you're like, man, I'm done dealing with this. I'm ready to go to a wrestling match. 
I'm ready for a new identity. I'm ready to give everything up to the Lord, and I'm ready for him to be able to give me a new identity in return. If that's you, would you just please take a moment and raise your hand with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, if you just, I want a new identity, man. This is something I want. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe, maybe you, you have had a relationship with the Lord. And maybe you have had that, that relationship. You guys can put your hands down, by the way. <laughs> maybe you have had that relationship before. And you have had those encounters with God, so you know he's real and you know he's there, but you haven't been giving him everything. He's asking for everything tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I haven't been giving him everything. I know about it. I know what to do, but I haven't been giving him everything, man. Come on. Come on. That's good. That's good. You guys can uh, put your hands down. I'm just going to pray. And, and I would like for, for us to, to pray together. And nothing that I say actually really matters as far as the words that I say, none of it has power, but I want you guys to just, if you mean it, it has power. You can speak the power in your own life. I can't live this Christian life for you. Staff can't live this Christian life for you. The worship team can't live this Christian life for you. You have to do it. And so if you guys, everybody, would just take some time to, to just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Lord, I, I pray that you would give me a new identity. I'm sick of the junk in my life. I want my blessing. And I want a real encounter with you. I love you. Have my heart. Have my everything. In Jesus' name. Amen.